The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Dylan DeLucia, Ole Miss transfer right-handed pitcher out of Northwest Florida State Community College. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186 and start taking control of your future today. Dylan, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? How are things going so far at your new school? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Just getting a lot of work in, meeting the guys. Um, that's really it. I mean, we got a good group of guys over here. So what have practices been like for you so far in your first go-around as an Ole Miss Rebel? A lot different. I mean, uh, practices are way more organized. Uh, I mean, we get right to work. Everybody has a job. Um, it's, it's really good. I mean, you show up, you have something to do, and then – you just get your work done really fast. It's a fast place, fast paced practice. And it's just good. It's all good around. I was talking to Mike Clement the other day and you're one of the first things that popped up as being, how would I say, I guess an early um, impressive performer so far in fall practices. What have you been doing in particular? What have you been working on? What kind of you've been focusing on? So uh, lately we've just been kind of just trying to live at the bottom of the zone uh, in the strike zone, keep the ball low, uh, it creates a lot less contact and a lot less hard contact. So you get more pop-ups, more ground ball action. Instead of living up in the zone, that's where you get in trouble and people start to barrel it up. We've been working a lot on that and then also kind of slowing down my change-up. It's been going a little too hard right now, but uh, we got that down now. I mean, just really just trying to work on mechanics, stay through, and then just get ready for season. For a lot of Ole Miss fans that maybe haven't seen you pitch, don't know much about you yet, how would you describe yourself as a pitcher as far as arsenal, repertoire, all that kind of stuff? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a scrappy dude. That's what I've been hearing a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm a scrappy dude. Uh, I don't quit. Uh, every time you get me, I'm going to give you everything I got. Um, basically, the, what I've heard a lot of is the kid doesn't lose. I don't know. That's just what they say. And – 
uh, I'm, I'm happy to have that rep going for me. I mean, but every outing, every time I touch the mound, it's about getting the job done at the end of the day. I mean, you don't want to give up a run. You don't want to give up a hit. You don't want to do anything that could hurt you or hurt the team in that game. To be the guy that doesn't lose, you got to have good stuff, Dylan. So what are we working with here? Uh, so I run a fastball slider changeup. Um, fastball just, I mean, it moves a lot. I mean, we were on the rap Soto. Fastball is moving about 18 inches of horizontal break, so it's running in 18 inches to a uh, righty batter. Um, so that's really good. I mean, a lot of movement on my changeup, slider is a good pitch. I mean, it's all right now. It's just coming together as it is as of last year, just dialing it in at this point. Where's the fastball velo at right now? Uh, Last outing, I was 90 to 93. So hopefully we could get that jump here shortly and get it up to fours and fives. And um, I understand this was only the first inning squad, so we still got a lot. We still got a lot of ball left. Well, I was curious about that for a pitcher because fall ball, a hitter can just step up. It's effectively the same work as the preseason in January as you're ramping up for the season. But for a pitcher, what is this work like? What are you trying to get done in preparation for once you do come in for official practices in the season in the spring? So this work for me, I mean, I'm a different guy. Um, I throw a lot of strikes. Um, I don't, I'm not a wild person. I pitch. I don't throw, I don't throw like other people. So for me, this is just kind of developing where I could put the ball and when I could put the ball and what spots, Look, reading batters, looking at them, seeing what I could get away with and what I can't. I mean, that's the biggest thing is trying to just see where you're at with facing batters. I mean, you got to do a lot of studying. You got to look where, like, on the mound, like I've been calling my own game this fall. So looking at where they stand in the box, are they up in the box, back in the box? Do they have quick hands? Uh, does their barrel drop a little when they swing? Can we get them on a slider on the out, outer half? Is he going to sit on it? There's a lot of stuff going into it. I mean, so this fall, when I when I get on the mound, I'm really just thinking about attacking the strike zone and just getting creative with pitch selection. Well, like I said, everybody's going to be talking about not having Doug, not having Gunner, but I was talking to John Gaddis, and he said something that kind of stuck out to me, how he believes y'all are going to surprise people. But I don't really think it'll be a surprise because, yeah, they don't know y'all yet, but John's accomplished from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Jack Washburn's accomplished. You're a stud in Juco. Do you feel like, not necessarily that y'all are being overlooked, but the need that Ole Miss has, replacing two generational arms in Gunner and Doug is no small thing. But when you look around, do you see the talent to put together a weekend rotation that compete in the SEC? I look at these pitchers, and I see a bunch of guys kind of like me um, that are scrappy dudes there to compete, there to throw. Um, I mean, they're really good. We're, we will have a good group of pitching this year. Mark, I know that for a fact. I mean, these guys compete and compete, and they don't, they don't show cards. Well, when you look around at the talent around you, it's got to be different, obviously. I mean, it's a stupid thing to say, but it's obviously different than what you had in Juco. But when you look at this talent here at Ole Miss and the team that y'all got put together, especially on the offensive side and the arms combined with it, what do you think about the group so far and and trying to get back to Omaha, the team that y'all can put together? Uh, Arms, I mean, we have the freshmen coming in are really good um, in live scrimmages. I was watching it. I mean, the freshmen are really good. All the returners. I mean, they're doing what they did last year. I mean, they're competing, they're doing everything they can, and they look really good too. The transfers, 
uh, Washburn, Gaddis, um, Parento. I mean, everybody's coming in and doing their job. They're doing their place. Uh, I mean, the pitching, honestly, uh, is going to be a really good thing this year. I think we'll have more – they will have more of it. The guys that they can rely on out of the pin and stuff like that, they will have a lot more arms to select from. And, and I got a feeling this team is going to be really good in the pitching aspect. How big of a benefit is it to go against this offense every single day? Oh, this offense <laughs> is, I mean, if you're going to compete versus anybody in the SEC, I mean, this offense is what you want to practice on every single day. I mean, this offense is really good. If you miss a spot, they will embarrass you and they will attack it. And they are really good at pitch selection. They are really good at a lot, a lot to do with hitting. I mean, uh, last week I missed a spot, and, I mean, he – I didn't think anybody would actually hit that spot. And, <laughs> well, he barreled it up, and it looked like a good swing. I mean – Who was it? Team is, uh, it was um, uh, Justin Bench. Yeah. That's a vet. He knows what to do with a pitch yep. like that when you miss. And it's interesting, too, because when you look at this group – in the past two postseasons, Ole Miss has fallen one game short of making it to Omaha. Y'all have the returning offense that's so good, and then the arms that have come in, including yourself. When you look at this team right now, do you see an Omaha team? I do. I really do. Um, this team I, this team works very hard. This team gets after it every single day. The energy is there. The atmosphere is there. The team is there. I mean, we have a good group of guys. And uh, we're not shy of Omaha. We're going to be in it this year. Well, as far as your recruitment is concerned, you're a coveted guy. Why did Ole Miss make sense as far as being the right spot for you? Uh, in high school, um, honestly, this was my dream school in high school. Oh, wow. Uh, ended up, yeah, I mean, I just love the facility, love the atmosphere over here. I never visited it. I just only saw pictures of it. But in high school, I mean, I was like, okay, this was this was a cool spot to be. This was like, I never had a favorite college in mind of high school. I just, whoever gave me the most money that would pay for tuition, that's where I kind of went. And so when I went to college at Charleston, um, I ended up not really liking it there. So I went to Northwest Florida, ended up loving baseball, and they made me work hard, compete. And then coming here, I mean, it was like a dream come true, like God had his plan. Like, hey, we want to put you here, but we want you to follow the steps first. Man, that's a great story, man, because you want to go to Ole Miss coming out of high school. It doesn't go the way you want it to. There's probably going to be some disappointment dropping down and going JUCO. How rewarding is it then to be out there? You haven't even played in the game yet, but to be out there in Swayze Field at the place you want to be, knowing the work you put in and the journey you had to take to get there. Oh, it, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, when I came up and saw this place and stepped on the field, like, it was beautiful. Like, I was like, dang, this is where I'm going to be pitching this year in front of, like he said, 9,000 fans. And, like, that's that's a big dream. That's a accomplishment of life right there. I mean, that's something you will never forget. For you, is it about getting a spot in the weekend rotation? Is that the goal? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's why I'm here. That's what, that's what I hope to be doing. I mean, I came here to compete and to be a weekend guy. Have you thought to yourself what it's going to be like the first time you step on the mound on a weekend in the SEC with 10,000 fans and trying to control those emotions? Yeah. It's going to be a lot, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot. Um, I told this uh, 
last year, so when I was at JUCO, uh, we were in the state tournament. I threw, I was throwing game one of the state tournament. We were playing the number one seed, and it was uh, Santa Fe College. Uh, they were a really good team at the time. Um, still is a good program. And, I mean, when uh, we were talking to the coaches, and he was like, are you going to get, like, nervous out there, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, you're going to throw them in front of more fans than you ever have. And I was like, I've thrown in front uh, – I told the coaches, I was like, I've thrown in front of 90,000 fans before. He was like, really? I was like, well, it was in my head. But, <laughs> you know, it's, I, that's what I told them, and they just started laughing. And then I went out there through eight innings, had a good day, um, ended up coming back. We were just one game short of making it to uh, basically the Omaha of Juco. Uh, Grand Junction but I mean we were it was it was a good time being there I mean the atmosphere over there was good but in front pitching in front of fans um, really not like a big thing for me because I know how to control my emotions on the mound I mean I know my emotions will jump a little in front of actually 9,000 fans or 10,000 fans whatever it is so um, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how I kind of react to it but uh, my reaction right now is pretty good. Are you an emotional guy on the mound? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I pitch to pitch. I compete. That's that's really it. Uh, I don't show emotion. I just get up there and do my job. Speaking to say, if a guy hit a home run and pimped it on you, you have to do something back. No. You know, I mean, I'm not saying hit him because I don't believe in that. He did his job. He did what he's supposed to do. But if you strike him out the yeah. next time, you can do like a little Trevor Bauer walk off the field, you know, something like that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay, good. Yeah, All right, something good. like that. Something like that, yes. I mean, I'm very – when I strike out a guy, I'm a very, very aggressive person. Good. I mean, I'll stare at him going back to the dugout. That's what I love, man. You're a bulldog. You sound like a guy – correct me if I'm wrong here, but you sound like a guy, series on the line, a trip to Omaha on the line. You want the ball. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, I take the ball anytime. I mean, last year it was a it was a rough one. Last year we had a – we threw I threw three times in one week basically. Coach Lafferty was not happy about it. I wouldn't be happy it about was, it either. My God. <laughs> yeah, we, I started versus uh, Tallahassee through, uh, I think it was seven innings last year, uh, seven innings versus them. Um, came back, we played Chipola that Friday. Uh, extra innings, we're going to extra innings, tied ball game. And he, I was like, Coach, Coach, give me the ball. Come the on, ball. Dylan. Dylan, you got to look out for yourself, man. We got to protect the arm. That's the moneymaker. I'm a winner. That's all I want to do is I want to be on the mound, and everybody knows that. And, I mean, I went in there, threw uh, three pitches, three outs, got out of it. We ended up winning the game that inning. And then I came back and started that Sunday and threw a nine-inning shutout versus Chipola right after that. That's baller. I'll give it to you. That's baller. I'm not <laughs> mad at you. I'm, I'm glad that you have that mindset. I want to have a word with the coach. He's got to protect you on that one, Dylan. Come on, man. <laughs> It was one of those things I kind of forced them into it on the Friday. I threw Monday, and I was scheduled to throw Sunday because that's, that's plenty of rest for me. And I told him, I was like, listen, I was like, put me in, put me in. And I just kept on bothering him, bothering him, and he kind of like finally gave me in. He should have looked at you and been like, Dylan, shut the hell up and go sit down. He did that once, and then I just <laughs> kept on coming back. I appreciate the mindset, but my God, oh, three times in a week. But you know what? I appreciate the Bulldog mentality. I know Ole Miss fans are excited to have you here, excited to see you pitch. I look forward to covering you. Thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate you. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Reagan Burford, Ole Miss baseball infielder. Reagan, what's going on, man? How's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on and doing this. How are you feeling right now coming back to Ole Miss? The story there with leaving, dropping down, now coming back. What's that been like for you? I think it's been good. Um, you know, last year, junior college, junior college baseball didn't count for eligibility-wise because of COVID and everything. So uh, I'm a freshman on the field, but sophomore in the classroom. So, I mean, I went down there. I was able to get a whole bunch of at-bats, a lot of experience, um, great group of guys down there. What they got down at Northwest Florida State, just the uh, team camaraderie, the atmosphere, it's great. So, I mean, I think it really helps me. I was able to get better in multiple aspects of the game. But, you know, I'm excited to be back. I was born and raised in Ole Miss boy. Um, been following the baseball program, football program my whole life. I got, I got family roots down in Oxford. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited and pumped to be back and ready for the spring. Yeah. Fired up for baseball, but Lane Kiffin and that football team, you got to be just going crazy right now. Born and raised an Ole Miss fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've been extremely fun to watch. You know, being an Ole Miss fan can be hard sometimes, yes. but <laughs> the years, the years, the years when we're good, it's really fun to watch and fun to be a part of. Did you play football growing up? 
I did. I played I played football all the way up until freshman year, and then uh, I quit to focus on baseball and try to, you know, get recruited for that. And then I committed here freshman year. So I decided to play again sophomore year of high school. Um, but too many injuries. just wasn't worth the risk. Uh, just been baseball only since junior year. Let me guess, quarterback or wide receiver and or safety? Strong safety, baby. Yeah, yeah. Called it. It's always the same with you guys, man. Makes me jealous. Yeah. I had one position. They looked at me and said, offensive line. That was great. That was a real rally killer for your boy, you know. I'm thinking one day I might be a tight end, but no. Um, well, it's interesting, man, because like I said, your story is so cool in that you were at Ole Miss, you were at the place you wanted to be, and then you dropped down. How tough was that decision? What went into that decision, and what did you learn about yourself? Um, You know, it was hard. It was hard, definitely. It wasn't the easiest thing I've ever done. But, you know, my dad's always instilled in me that at the end of the day, I mean, no one really cares. You just got to work harder, put one foot in front of the other, and let the chips fall where they may. So, I mean, I really just took an attitude to go down to Florida, get better every single day. And if I ended up back at Ole Miss, that'd be, that'd be awesome. But if I didn't, you know, I had to move on. Um, so I just went down there, try to keep a positive attitude, take every day for what it was, and – you know, work to get better every day, and I ended up back. I'm pumped about it. When Ole Miss recruited you again, was it a foregone conclusion? Like, yes, I'm coming back, or was there, was there another school or schools that tempted you? There, well, the thing about junior college baseball is if you transfer from a D1, yeah, you have to go for two years unless you transfer back to the school you were originally at. Mm. So I would have had to be there for two years if I – went anywhere else other than Ole Miss. So there were some schools that were calling the coaches down in Florida about me and that they were talking to, um, but I really wasn't focused on them too much because I, I was going to have to go back to Florida for another year anyway. Um, but, yeah, when I was down there, the thought was always in my mind, if Ole Miss wanted me back, would I go back? What would it be like? What would it look like? How would I feel about it? And – I tried to not think about it too much while I was down there. Tried to be in the moment, be with those group of guys, try to win. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, this is a game, and we're trying to win, win the, win the games. And I was really focused on that. But then postseason came, and Coach B and Coach Laff are calling me, talking to me about maybe bringing me back. And you know, just had some conversations with my father and my mother about what, what fit best for me and. At the end of the day, I think this is where I've always wanted to be. And I just decided to make the decision to come back. Well, it's interesting because typically the recruiting process is a getting-to-know-you process, a filling-out process between the school and the player. So you know those guys. You know B, you know Laugh, you know Clem. So they're re-recruiting you. What is that recruitment like? Is it just like, hey, man, this is what we want. All right, cool. Think about it. I mean, how does that work? It was really more of like, I only talked to Coach B once, and that was when Coach B called me to officially, you know, lay it out that they wanted me to come back. Uh, I really talked to Coach Lafferty. He's the one who recruited me out of high school and all that. But the conversations were really just, you know, take care of your business, perform, and we'll probably we'll probably have you back. And so that's really – that's really how the conversations went. Just when I was talking to Laugh, he'd, you know, 
check up on me, see how school was going, see how ball was going, see how life was going in general. It wasn't really, you know, getting to know each other because we did that in high school when I was, when they were recruiting me to come here out of high school. But it was mainly just, you know, take care of your business, perform, and we might offer you back. So I just took it as, you know, I just got to go down there, handle my business, take take one day at a time, control what I can control. And if they offer me to come back, that's awesome. But if they don't, you know, I can't dwell on it. I got to just got to take care of my business and one foot in front of the other. How did you grow as a person and as a player? Being down in Florida, eight hours away from my parents, you know, they call, call us Juco Bandits just because you know, there aren't a lot of rules. There, There's rules within the baseball program, but, you know, it's really up to you whether you go to class or you don't. It's really up to you whether you wake up in the morning to go hit. It's up to you if you take ground balls before and after practice. There's not as it's not near as structured as it is here. So I think one of the biggest things that I learned down there and helped me grow as a person was, you know, just focusing on myself, waking up every day and getting, getting the things done that need to be done. Like waking up and hitting, waking up, going to class, waking up, getting my studies in, hitting every day, taking ground balls every day and just, taking care of the, the little things that everybody looks up, looks over. Everybody, everybody looks at the, the stats and the home runs and the, you know, the fielding percentage, but nobody, nobody looks really into the little every day-to-day things that you have to do for those results, like waking up, hitting every day, ground balls every day, and just stuff like that. And I think down in Florida, the biggest thing that I learned was just it doesn't come easy. You got to put the work in. You got to do it every day day in day out there's no off days um and i think it really helped me grow as a person in baseball and and in life because whether it's baseball or you know i got an internship i'm in the accounting program here so i think i'm going to do something with that after baseball and after all this ends it's just you know waking up every day and dominating the day and taking care of the little things that need to be taken care of every single day so you can you know stay on top of your game and that was probably the biggest thing that I had to learn down there. Well, the glove's always been there for you, but as far as the hit tool, what'd you add, if anything? I think just reps. You know, my my high school division was very watered down. There was maybe one good arm on every team. So, I mean, we never really faced – we probably didn't face them every time. Um, but I think down in Florida getting exposed to elite arms – and elite pitching staffs. We had 14 people drafted out of my conference down in Florida. I mean, when once conference play started, we were facing 92 plus every day, just SEC fallbacks, ACC fallbacks. So I think just getting exposed to such a high level of competition allowed me to, you know, work on my timing and trans translating my my work that I do in the cages pregame and on practice days and just translating it to the game, not thinking too much, just going out there and playing the game, see ball, hit ball. I think that's what helped me the most at the plate. Well, your teammate Dylan Delucia was on this podcast on Monday and obviously he's going to be relied upon to kind of help fill the void left by Doug Nikhazy and Gunnar Hoagland both being drafted. So from your perspective, we've heard from Dylan 
I can break it down as far as analysis and all that kind of stuff as much as I want to. But from a first-person account, one of his infielders, what is Ole Miss getting? A stud. They're getting an absolute bulldog. Whether Whatever his role is on the team, whether Coach B decides to use him as a weekend guy, a midweek starter, you know, first out the pin, Ole Miss baseball is getting a guy that they can rely on. He is – He's very fun to watch. He's very fun to play behind. He's one of those guys that when he's on the mound, you want the ball to be hit to you because you want to make a play for that guy. Like you want to make a diving play to keep that guy off first base because he's just up there pitching his butt off, trying to do everything he can to help the team win. And there's not a pitch that he takes off. He competes every single pitch. He fills up the zone. He's got multiple pitches for strikes. He's not going to overpower you with velo, but he can throw all three of his pitches in any count, wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And he it doesn't matter if it's Tanner Allen, Brent Rooker, or any of those guys from state. He's going right at them. He thinks he's going to succeed in every situation, and I think that's his biggest his biggest skill is just his confidence on the mound and just his ability to – attack every hitter no matter no matter who they are i think it's going to be really fun to watch this year well Omus returns this entire lineup and in the dirt you got gonzo at shortstop you got peyton shatney at second base or possibly third base tj mccants is a infielder by trade he could come back in justin bench can play everywhere but he's a natural infielder tim Elko's probably playing first base when he gets back for you, where is the opportunity? Where are they got you playing? And are you working at different positions to expand your versatility to ensure that you secure a role in this team that's valuable? They're working me at third and second. Um, but, you know, right now I'm not really concerned with, um, you know, playing time and all that. I'm just – Coach B told me that he wants me back because he thinks I can help the team win. And – you know, I'm waking up every morning hitting before class. I'm taking ground balls before practice. I'm staying after and lifting and then hitting after lifts. So, I mean, I'm just – the only thing I'm worried about right now is just, you know, what can I do to make myself better so I can help the team win, whether that's, you know, pinch hit, pinch bunt, playing third base, playing second base, lead off, three hole, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Like I said, I'm born and raised Ole Miss fan, and I – that's good with me because at the end of the day, whether I'm if I'm starting, if I'm not, I'm I'm putting the work in. So and what my dad always used to tell me growing up and coming back here, he says, Don't look back when the season starts and you know, wishing you could have done more. So I'm just I'm just I'm working working my butt off and controlling what I can control. I'm just gonna let the chips fall where they may, whether I'm in the lineup or not. Just gonna do whatever I can to help the team win. Cause that's at the end of the day that's that's the goal. Win the ball game. Reagan, don't bunt, man. Don't bunt. Well, if he gives me the sign, I got to. <laughs> I ain't go, I'm not going to do it voluntarily, but if he gives me the sign, I got to. Okay. All right. As long as it's not voluntarily, I'm okay with trying to bunt for a hit on occasion, but I'm team never bunt, man. Don't bunt. I'm right there with you. Sweet. See? This is a person after my own heart here, my own baseball heart here. I love it. So what has Falk inter-squad practices been like? What do you like about this team? Um, so close to Omaha last year. 
back-to-back postseasons. Obviously, the COVID year wiped out the 2020 year, but 2019-2021, both times falling one game shy of Omaha. What do you like about this team, and how hungry is this team just to get back? The team, we got a lot of vets. We got a lot of experience. Tim Elko is the definition of a captain. Um, I think I think everybody knows what's expected of us. And I think everybody knows what it's going to take to, you know, push us over that hump, to get over that one game from Omaha, to get to Omaha. And, um, you know, the team's looking really good. We're swinging the bat very well. Pitchers are throwing the ball very well. Um, we're working hard in the weight room. We're working hard. We're not we're not taking any reps off. We're taking taking every day for what it's worth because you can – you can look back when the fall's over and it can fly by and you'd be like, dang, we missed out on a month of hard work because we were going 50, 75%. We're not, we're not doing that. We're coming, coming out every day and we're working hard every day. And I, you know, I think we give a very good chance of making it to Omaha this year. I think we have a very good chance. When you look around, Kemp Alderman's hitting some bombs. TJ McCants hit a grand slam. Uh, Pitching-wise, Dylan DeLucia, he's doing his thing. Drew McDaniel, he's pitching up with his fastball. Any guys in particular from your vantage point, outside of yourself, obviously, have really impressed you as far as the work they've put in? Well, I told people down in Florida, and when I came back up here, Jacob Gonzalez is the best baseball (laughs) player I've ever played with. He's the real deal. He's something, man. So he's going to be – Gonzo's going to be Gonzo. Um. You know, Kevin's doing really good. Kevin's an elite hitter, very mature hitter, always has a good at-bat. He never, it never seems to take an at-bat off. Kemp has looked very good, in my opinion. He's From when I was here in the fall last year and to where he is now, it looks like he's made significant strides as a hitter. Just, you know, plate discipline and learning his role and all that stuff. So he looks very good. I'm excited for when Tim gets back just because it's fun to watch when he hits because he's Heck, it's, you'd think it's going to be a grand slam every time he's up to the plate. Yeah, it kind of got that way for a while there, didn't it? It really did. You know, overall, Peyton also has done really well this fall. He's put together a lot of very good at-bats. He's swinging the, ball, swinging the bat very well. Our offense has done a very good job of locking in and taking advantage of each and every inner squad we have because you only get so many at-bats in the fall. Overall, we've looked very good on both sides of the ball. Hitting and pitching. He's Reagan Burford, Ole Miss sophomore infielder. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. We'll do it again. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for having me. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. 
Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufi Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufi Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to John Gaddis, Ole Miss transfer left-handed pitcher. Hey, buddy, what's up? How's it going? Good, man. How are you? How have things been going so far transitioning to your new school? Uh, good. I'm in one class right now that I actually just finished, um, and so I don't start class again for two weeks, so I'm just pretty much playing baseball for two weeks. Oh, my God. That's the dream. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice out here doing these grad classes it's a lot easier than undergrad that's for sure yeah it's like a job now it's baseball and baseball and more baseball for you um how has that opened things up as far as preparation and things like that i know that school you're a student athlete blah 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 but how has it opened it up as far as preparing because now you're in that window if you will preparing for the draft and stuff like that this is the final year so being able to focus so much on baseball how much of a change has that been and how much has that helped as far as just preparing for the future um it's actually made a bit of difference i can like work on more stuff i can get to the field earlier because i'm not doing as much homework or labs or whatever um i can work on mobility it's it's actually made a huge difference like probably helped my arm health i should say uh as well as far as your arm right now and kind of building it up we're talking a week before this interview actually airs on the podcast but as y'all are getting fall ball started, as you're working towards trying to earn a spot there in the weekend rotation, how is your arm feeling? And what's kind of the process to building it up to get it to where you want it to be in the fall? Um, it's going good. It feels good right now. They started us off whenever we first like started the semester, throwing one bullpen a week. And then after a few weeks, we started throwing two bullpens a week. And this uh, first week of fall, we threw everybody through two innings. And now I think um, this upcoming week we're throwing two to three, depending on your pitch count. And I'm sure it'll just keep going up from there until eventually we get to the end of the fall and then you're built up already. Five and three, 2.25 ERA, .94 whip last year for Texas A&M Corpus Christi. You're deferring medical school to play one final season at Ole Miss. What all went into that decision for you? Um, I really want to play in Omaha before I get done with my college career and – I thought Ole Miss, with all their returning hitters and 
the culture they have and the winning tradition can help me do that. For Ole Miss fans that maybe haven't seen you pitch, how would you kind of describe yourself as a pitcher, your repertoire and kind of the arsenal that you bring? I'm just a, a left-handed pitcher with a fastball, a curveball, and a splitter. Um, I like to attack and get ahead, ahead in the zone or ahead in the count and then um, have them guessing on that third pitch and then hopefully put them away. How have you grown, do you think, since you first started pitching in college to now this point of getting to Ole Miss and pursuing an Omaha trip? Um, I think I started out in college afraid of contact and afraid of getting hit and just having my confidence grow over the years and, and attacking the zone has, has changed my career in a huge way. Ole Miss returns so much, one of the best lineups in college baseball, if not the best lineup in college baseball as far as returning production. But losing Doug Nikhazy, losing Gunnar Hoagland, that's going to be the biggest story going into the year, not just in fall ball, but going into the season as well. Obviously, Ole Miss goes out, pursues you, um, Jack, just a number of different arms. Dylan Delucia is another one to kind of fill that role in some way. What was the recruiting pitch to you? Was it that? Kind of what was the recruitment like for you? Well, I talked to Coach Lafferty first. Uh, he, he's the one that initially recruited me. And then I hopped on a Zoom with Coach B, with Coach Clem, and all the rest of them. And uh, they just – they knew that – I because they had talked to my old coach, uh, Scott Malone, and they had told – or he had told them, hey, he wants to go play for one of the best teams in the country. He wants to go to make a trip to Omaha. And so that's what they brought up. They said, Here, here's what we got. Here's why I, I know we're going to Omaha. Do you want to be a part of this? And – I was immediately hooked. Yeah, that's a hell of a pitch right there. <laughs> Do you want to go to Omaha? Yes. But for you, were other schools involved? Did you consider really anybody else, or was Ole Miss it for you? Well, I'd, I've been a UT fan or a, a University of Texas fan my whole life. Um, half my family went to school there. And so initially going into the transfer portal, that's where I like I really wanted to go there. They even answered the phone call I was going to commit. And uh, whenever, whenever Ole Miss came up and – I didn't even think about them until like they had called me and once they opened that door, it was hard to keep shut. And it felt like just the way they, they talked to me and, and were around me and stuff. It felt like a family already. And that's what I, what really drew me to them. Wow, man, you get the call you wanted. Was it the opportunity more than anything that really intrigued you as far as you see the opportunity to step in and have a role in the weekend? Um, I'm not sure it was that so much as just, the opportunity to come out and play for one of the best schools in the SEC to come out and play in front of 10,000 fans on the night. Um, it was more of that than just the openings for me. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I don't care. I don't care what role I play. I just want to do what I can to, to help this team succeed. Whether that's a starter, whether that's a reliever, whether that's sitting on the bench and watching and cheering on my teammates. Um, I just want to come in and do whatever role I can to help this team win. How much did you follow Ole Miss baseball, and what was your kind of perception of Ole Miss baseball once they did enter the picture recruiting-wise? I mean, it's hard not to notice them because you see you see everything on social media. They're they're a big name. Um, they historically win a lot, and so you obviously know about them. Um, but I hadn't like closely followed them. I didn't know any of the guys on the team until I started getting recruited, and then my old roommate at Corpus played summer ball with Taylor Broadway. Who he, he hooked me up with him, and he started talking to me and telling me all about how good Ole Miss was and how fun it was and how much I'd enjoy it. And so that helped also recruit me. 
So you talked to Taylor Broadway. Taylor was a big part of Ole Miss's success last year as a dominant closer. What were those conversations like? What all did he talk to you about? He just talked to me. Like he, he's the one that originally told me about all the guys that were coming back. He put me in contact with Garrett Wood and Jack Doherty, who are my roommates now. Um, got me in contact with Drew McDaniel, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, and just, just started opening doors that, that I couldn't close. And now I'm here and now I'm loving it. 64 innings, struck out 76, walked 18, allowed just four earned runs in your last 52.1 innings and went at least seven in six of the last seven starts. What was working? I, my defense behind me, I think. They, they, they balled out and we all bought in and uh, they had my backs just as much as I had theirs. And I think that doesn't get brought up enough. Um, but they, they were they were nasty behind me, and they helped a lot. Well, that's a selfless answer, John. But, I mean, a big part of it is how good you were. Come on. Uh, I was I was doing what I what I try to do always and just attack the zone and get ahead of hitters. Because once, once you're ahead of hitters, it's, it makes it a lot harder on them because they're hitting defensively and they're not taking off huge hacks at your fastball. And I think that changes the game. Are you one of those that pitch off the fastball? Um, I like to attack with my fastball and then then mix in stuff later, but I'll also pitch backwards once I get through the lineup once or twice. Um, but I do like to attack with my fastball. So far, being with the team, getting to know them, going through fall ball, what's the vibe right now, the confidence level of this team? Uh, me and Drew were actually talking about it last night, but I think I think our staff is – not as talked about, or we're going to be better than a lot of people think um, just because we can see it because we're with them every day. But I think our pitching staff is going to be better than, than most people realize. Does it help, too, to go up against that offense every single day? Without a doubt. Uh, that it, In the fall, it's scary going up against those guys day in and day out, but it's only making us better pitchers and a lot better pitchers, actually. The last two postseasons, Ole Miss has come one game short of making it to Omaha. How hungry, because you're brand new to this, so to come into it, to be around those veteran guys, those returning guys, how hungry do you sense this program is to get back to the College World Series? They, they're, they're very hungry. You can, you can tell it left a bad taste in their mouth to be one game away um, from making it to, to the College World Series. Um, and so we're, we're working hard every single day trying to get back to it and, and make it this year. What are your fall goals? What are you trying to accomplish? I'm just trying to work on work on command, make sure I still have that, um, try to increase my velo on all my pitches, and just stay healthy. Where's the fastball velo right now? Um, in the first inner squad, it was 89 to 91. It was averaged at 90.33 is what they said on the chart. Is that about where you're used to it being? Uh, yes, sir. I spent most of the spring last year coming back from a surgery and so I wasn't at my full full self I guess I could say until the last four or five starts well last one I'll let you go here you were excited once Ole Miss entered the recruiting picture has Ole Miss been on campus met exceeded your expectations it's exceeded every expectation I could ever had um just the practices the weights the Friday morning team breakfasts the Grove um, hanging out with all the guys, it's it's awesome. You got to be itching too, having seen Ole Miss pack out that stadium with ten thousand to get your first experience, right? I mean, you got to be itching to deal with that. Well, 
yeah, because I committed, I committed the Friday that the regional started last year, and that's when I really started watching the games, and I was like, oh, my God, that, <laughs> just seeing the beer showers and the pack stands, it's, I can't wait for the spring. He's Ole Miss transfer lefty John Gaddis. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Look forward to covering you. Hey, thanks for having me. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.